Welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown, the podcast where we watch scary movies so you don't have to. From award-winning to completely unknown, we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Solange Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously. Where are we all going? We're all going to the World's Fair 2021. (laughs) Yeah. So this one's going to be a challenge to talk about because... Although I assume you picked it because it was on some horror list. Yeah, I did. It is very much not a horror movie. It's it's I can see why you would say horror. Like it's Can you? It's disturbing. It's weird. I, that to me makes it more indie. It's definitely indie. Drama than anything else. Like it just has its indiness. It it has reference to horror and the main character is playing a horror an online horror game i know but just because something talks about horror doesn't make it horror that was a an interesting thing is the description for the movie everywhere talks about she's wrapped up in this online horror game and doesn't know what's real and what's not anymore or something like that and the whole time i was like so she's gonna play an online game at some point right like well she was the whole i know thing was. but i was thinking video game you know a horror game like she was gonna get trapped in virtual reality or something that was just you being very narrow-minded in your in your definition of game like, online horror game that is it was a, it was an mmorpg <laughs> it wasn't it <laughs> no, so it wasn't, wasn't. <laughs> it it was an rpg I guess. And I guess there were a lot of people and they were doing it online, so technically... <laughs> but it's not a thing. <laughs> it's just people deciding to do something. Because here's the challenge. It's, it's a challenge. It's not a game. I'm going to do the World's Fair challenge. Here's the thing. Like, yeah, it starts as like a TikTok challenge. Like, what was that one where everyone planked on weird things? Planking. They called that oh, planking. Oh, planking. Like, it was a TikTok challenge. Like, that's how it was presented at the beginning. And honestly, that's what I thought most of the way through. Like, yeah. I didn't even realize the game part of it. Yeah. I didn't understand what he was doing communicating with her. I seriously thought he was just being a creepy creeper dude. I think he kind of was. I don't know. Well, it's we'll, weird. We'll, we'll circle back around to that question. But it definitely was just presented as like, oh, everyone on TikTok is doing this thing, so I'm going to do it too. Mm-hmm. And did you want to tell us what the World's Fair Challenge is? Yeah, if is? you guys want to get in on this, because you don't want to miss it. Because if here's someone all you on TikTok do. is doing it, you should be doing it too. Absolutely. Whatever you see on TikTok, just do it. Yeah. Everybody's so creative. <laughs> All you have to do, sit in front of your computer screen and say, I want to go to the World's Fair three times, then prick your finger way, way too many times rapidly. Right. Like, I don't know if that was part of it. Like, to me, it felt like you needed to make yourself bleed and put blood on your computer screen. Yeah. 
she like took a button, the pin from a button, and stabbed her finger like a dozen times. Yeah, real fast. Not okay. No, it not was pretty upsetting. Okay. So do that. Wipe it on your computer. And then there's some video you have to watch after that that we couldn't see. And so I guess you can't actually do this because we don't know what video you're supposed to watch. But it's a yeah. very quiet video. It had a lot of different colors. Mm-hmm. Like it, it almost felt like it was just the screen changing colors really rapidly in like a flashy sort of... It's controlling um, your mind. Well, I think that's the, the idea is that you're supposed to be done with... You know, at the end of it, you're supposed to be like... <gasps> Was I hypnotized by that? Like, what kind of secret messages did I get? Mm-hmm. Because then everyone who does the challenge then makes videos about how they're changing. Yes. What are your symptoms? And everyone has different symptoms as they change into something new. So, okay. Some of the people we saw. The guy who thought his throat was filling up with Tetris blocks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, but then he goes on later to a legitimate horror scene. He has burns on his arm and he's like, ooh, they tingle. And then he like reaches his hand right. in there and pulls out like carnival ski tickets. ball tickets. Yes. A roll of ski ball tickets comes out of his arm. And that makes it a horror movie. I mean, that was pretty horrific. That and the stabbing the finger multiple times were the parts that made my stomach, like, clench. Yeah. There was also a girl who, like, seemed to be turning into a plastic doll. That's what she said. It kind of looked like she had just greased up. Yeah. Who else did we see? There was a person with demon wings. (laughs) Yeah. There was the guy who got pulled into his computer. Yeah, that was... I think that was... First of all... This movie, I think, is kind of based on that. That is a real video online somewhere. I might I might be getting this wrong, but from something I saw on IMDb, it's like a series called, I think, Dark Signal. So it's like a you know compilation of little stories. And one of them, they mentioned the World's Fair challenge. And the guy says he wants to go to the World's Fair at his computer. And yeah, arms come out of his computer and pull him into his screen. And that's it. So I don't think that was a real thing in this world. It was just she saw that video. It was like, oh, no. Oh, or okay. something. Well, so a bunch of people were showing videos about the things that were happening to them. And to me, the fascinating part is not knowing for sure whether it was going to be something horror-related and these things were really happening to these people or if it was more real life, this is a TikTok challenge and then these people are all creating content based on this challenge And getting clicks because they have more creative symptoms than other people. And and she, at first, it made me think like, oh, she's now she's gonna come up with, she has to think of what are what are her symptoms and she has to create her content. But then I don't know, so it was interesting, I guess, is all (laughs) I guess that's where I was going, is that it was interesting to not know for sure, especially given how much time we spend on TikTok and how <laughs> like how aware I am at this point that social media is this pervasive thing that puts information out into the world but that that information is very suspect all the time like yes. anything you see on social media you have to question the validity of the reality yeah there's always you know these sort of heartwarming sort of upsetting videos where like some 
stray animal is all roughed Mm. up and someone finds them on the road and Mm -hmm. takes them in and they get all better. And for a long time, I'd see those and go, oh, that's so sweet. Now I'm like, is that something sweet? Why were they filming the whole time? Mm -hmm. Maybe they just took their dog and stuck it out in the woods and then found it. Mm -hmm. I always think that when they're like, this is a feral cat and they stand up, they get out of their vehicle and the cat comes running over to them Uh and like rubs all over their legs. I'm like, that's not a feral cat, my friend. And yeah, so I think that they're, I think like everything else, there was maybe an accidental viral video of like someone who truly found a stray animal and took it in and you know, whatever. And then that becomes the next thing that people are like, oh, that'll get me clicks. That's what people want to see. Yeah. I remember there was, there was a whole series of TikToks about the guy who had a pregnant cat just show up at his house and like just appeared in his sweater drawer. <laughs> and then he became a cat dad and, you know, raised all the kittens and whatever. And at first I was watching him I'm like, this is so sweet. Like he's going through this whole growth learning process, bonding with this cat, you know, becoming a whole, they're a family unit now. And now I look back, I'm like, hmm, there's Mm -hmm. like a 90% chance that that was all made up. Yeah. Because what are the odds that a cat is just going to appear in your (laughs) your sweater drawer? (laughs) Yeah, it seems unlikely. How would he get in there? I mean, it was like one of those under the bed ones. It's not impossible, but it's so implausible. Mm -hmm. And... Like that, I think, and this is part of what I think this movie was trying to say, is how much that messes with your perception of reality, too. Yeah. Like, how many people now walk around expecting, like, a feral cat to come out of the <laughs> woods and then become theirs? And I, I have that feeling all I the mean, time. that's not a good example because cats do that all the time, but... <laughs> But you know, like, there's the, I saw one where there was a lady in a hunting stand and there was a black bear underneath her. Yeah, that was weird. And I mean, okay, probably that was really happening. But also, how many people are going to go put themselves in a situation like that to get her (laughs) likes when she was just lucky that bear didn't murder her? Yeah, it was climbing the ladder into where she was. It was pretty scary. I mean, that situation was going to go one of two ways. She was going to get a viral TikTok video or we were never going to know about it because she would have gotten eaten by a bear. Yeah. I mean, she was in a hunting stand. She probably had a gun. So she was probably going to kill the bear. But that would have been bad, too. Yeah. So anyway, the movie like really goes into how that messes with reality and particularly for teenagers who are like trying yeah. to figure out what reality is anyway. And the movie is very 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 slow. Oh, so slow. And it's all She walks out to the barn in <laughs> real time. Yeah. Well, she walks out to the barn in real time. In order to sit there and watch five minutes of ASMR video. In real time. In real time. <laughs> so yes. that It was happened. very slow. But it's all dragging you down with this feeling of this isolation and loneliness and depression. Teenage angst yeah. is what it's all about. And so it's kind of about that. She has that isolation and she's trying to make connections and make community by doing this challenge. And part of it is they they kind of made this subtle, but there was definitely a thing about how few follows she was getting mm-hmm. and how unhappy she was with that. And mm-hmm. like she wasn't getting the connection she was trying to get. 
And, you know, and so she, it's, it's about that whole society. How we're all here. There's so many of us, but we're all so alone. Right. And it was very clear that she did not have a good relationship with her dad. Mm-hmm. There was no mention of her mom at any point in the movie. Yeah, I don't think she had one. Like, she was... She was in, she didn't have family connections. She didn't have real world connections. And, you know, again, that's a big thing that is happening where now instead of having real IRL friends, like, and going out and doing things in person, so many people, a large number of their friends are people they only interact with online. And that's only been made worse in the past few years with COVID (laughs) and everything being on Zoom and, you know, not being able to be in person for a period of time. Like I sort of felt like the horror of it in the, in the first half was just how like depressingly accurate it was. (laughs) Yeah. And thinking about how many teenagers are in her exact situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was very much about that kind of isolation, the teenager isolation where, not all of it is real, but you're just so wrapped up in yourself that you can't connect to other people. Mm-hmm. And compounded by, you know, I think she lived in a, you know, kind of rural Midwestern yeah. area. Um, my guess, it does, I don't remember it actually saying, but it talks about the World's Fair and she goes to see that, like, globe oh. statue thing. Yeah, so, that thing is in Chicago. Yeah, sure. so I think it's in Chicago. But also not, like, she definitely doesn't live in the city of Chicago. She lives on, like, a farm yeah. sort of a situation. She does a lot of walking through grassy fields and being... Contemplating. Being out, yes, out in the world alone. And, and having grown up in a rural Midwestern area, like, that also is isolating, Mm-hmm. And I didn't have the internet. <laughs> I just had my friends who I could talk to on the phone if I was willing to pay the long distance charges. And if you were willing to stay within five feet of the wall. <laughs> exactly. Or if I could get my parents to drive me to a friend's house. Yeah. There was one summer where I spent probably four straight weeks with this one friend of mine where we were either at her house or at my house, but we were like together the whole time and we just kept going back and forth between the two houses. Connection. Yeah. And all those calls like, Hey, you have your mom call my mom. (laughs) Yeah. But not anymore. Now everyone's alone. (laughs) However, however, an interesting thing I saw on IMDb, I think that I'm not, catching on to in the movie is the director was using the film to explore her own gender identity which there's something to that but i don't know i mean it doesn't feel like it's no absolutely but But i didn't see that like I, i can see a little aspect of that but it's it doesn't feel i don't know i guess the whole thing about how Oh, I'm changing into something else and stuff like that is interesting. Yeah. yeah okay. When you say that, cause I wasn't, I definitely didn't pick up on that on my own. And when you mentioned it last night, I was like, mm, I didn't really yeah. see it either, but yeah, it's that I don't know who I am. I sort of feel like I'm turning into someone else. Yeah. And she talks about how she's not in control of her body and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And 
I think maybe one of the th- reasons this movie might resonate with depressed teenagers of all kinds <laughs> yeah. is that that feeling can be indicative of so many different things. Like it's, I'm, I don't feel comfortable in my body or I don't feel comfortable in my brain or I, you know, I don't know who I am yet. Like yeah. there's just, I think being a teenager is that kind of metamorphic yeah. space. Like how the, you know, caterpillars make the cocoon around themselves and then just dissolve into goo and then become the butterfly. Teenagers are goo. I it's right. Like I my brain felt like goo when I was a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Like it did not feel like I was in control of it. And it is kind of yeah. there because you go from being like a cute kid, then you, teenagers are all misshapen and awkward and weird, yes. and then they become normal looking adults. Yes, it's such a weird time. Everything grows out of sync. And and you like physically you when you grow that much when you change when your body changes physically like you can't you literally can't control your body the way you could when you were yeah, younger because you it confused. no longer is the way your brain <laughs> thinks it is like you have to relearn constantly how you are yeah and i think the same thing happens with your brain like i don't know when you're a kid and you're just absorbing everything and you're just taking in everything. There's like a period of time where anything that is said to you or anything you see or learn, you're like, this is part of reality. I'm just adding it all, stuffing it all in. This is all becoming my understanding of the world. And then you reach these teenage years and suddenly the chemicals in your brain are like, nope, you have to question every single thing that comes along. Yeah. Don't trust anything. And that's like, I think that's really hard. Like, that's really hard on your emotions, on your relationships, on everything. Yeah. I mean, it's a movie about teenagers. Yeah. Being teenagers. Okay. So, that's that's Casey. That's her, like, she's going through this. So, she makes her video of, like, I'm doing the challenge. And then we get the other character in this movie the that had very character. few characters in it. Um, I think actually Casey was the only person we saw on screen for like the first 20 minutes of the movie. At least. Until we see the footage of the ASMR video. (laughs) I think she was, because I remember as she started watching it and we were still only looking at Casey, which is interesting Mm -hmm. to think like this movie spent so much time just staring at Casey. Yeah. Which is what Casey was doing. (laughs) Until we see that woman on the ASMR video, I was like, oh, is this just going to be like a one-person film? (laughs) (laughs) Almost. Yeah. So anyway, the second person comes in. The second person is this guy named JLB who sends her, sends a message and is like, you're in danger. I have to talk to you. Like, it's really dramatic. (laughs) And she Skypes with him. Yeah. This movie was definitely pro-Skype. Not about Zoom. <laughs> yeah. She Skypes with him and like then we realize like he's the he's the GM. Is he? I think that's the idea is that like he then he sees them put out their videos and then he contacts them and is like <laughs> that he continues the story for them. But really what he's doing is getting them to keep giving him videos about themselves and with them in them. And he's like developing these relationships with teenagers. Yes. For context, he's in his 40s. Absolutely. 
So that's a thing. Yeah. And it gets real sketchy at the very end of the movie, where I'm left with questions about what really happened. For real. So the last thing I wrote for my notes was, my brain insists there is a more nefarious end to this for no reason at all. Like there is absolutely no evidence to suggest that anything happened that wasn't exactly what JLB says happened. Yeah. But I was like, that's not what happened. Yeah. So he, all along his thing is, I'm worried about you. You know, it seems like you're really freaking out. And I just want you to keep making videos so that I know you're okay. And he says that a lot. So she keeps making videos. And eventually, by the end, she's like, I'm just going to disappear one day. And no, and no one, you no one will know why. Yeah. And she also talks about killing her dad. Yeah. She's, she's becoming severely unhinged by the end. Like she, she says, um, I know where my dad keeps his gun. Mm -hmm. I, I think I'm going to, like, I think the time is coming for me to take him out. I don't think I'm going to be able to control myself. She does a whole thing where she, like, paint, puts white face paint all over her face. It's glow-in-the-dark face paint. Well, it's black black light. light. Like, white face paint under black lights that's really creepy. And then she destroys her, like, stuffed animal that she's had since she was five days old. And then he is like... Okay, wait, but you know this is a game, right? Like, you're not really changing. This is pretend. And she was so angry Well, and that's That's the weird discussion because he comes into it. He's been the whole time talking about the forces of the World's Fair drawing you Mm -hmm. in and what's happening. And he's in the game with her. And the whole time I've been feeling like this is just real. But then they have this discussion where he's like, we have to talk out of game for a minute. And she's like, what? I don't get it. Yeah. And basically, she's like, don't be stupid. Of course, I know it's a game. I'm, these are, I'm just making content. And then I'm like, whoa, is that what we're getting here? Okay, but that's what she said. But the look on her face and the anger that she experienced from that, she had no idea it was a game. That's that's what I think. I think she was sort of like the viewer who suddenly like, oh, wait, oh, this is totally different than what I expected. Like this, he's saying, at least he's saying that this is all like a make-believe world he's created. And he expects yeah. everyone to understand that that's what they've just entered into. Like they have this game relationship. But she was so... There was, there was that look of confusion and then the anger of it was relatable to me because the look on her face is how I feel inside when I suddenly realize that I've been stupid about something. Yeah. And I'm like embarrassed and feeling bad about myself, feeling shame in some way, and then I get angry. And that was what she did. So I don't think she knew. That was really bad for her to suddenly realize that this was all hmm. pretend. Well, and that's when she was supposedly about to do something which would result in her disappearing. Right. And after that discussion, I don't think we ever see her again. That's just the very end of the movie. And it's all just JLB from that point on telling us about how she went into therapy for months at some Sunnyvale Asylum or whatever. Right. And that then, at some point, they met up in New York and had a nice coffee together. And yeah. 
and this whole long elaborate tale uh-huh. that doesn't sound real and definitely sounds sketchy. And that she tells him that she went to the World's Fair, that she mm-hmm. went there, but that something brought her back. And he says, oh, well, I was praying for you and I <laughs> was standing, was... sitting by my computer that whole night. Yeah. Like, and, and he does, like, we do see him after she gets angry and logs off and refuses to talk to him anymore. We see him like sending messages, like, like don't do it, you know, whatever, all Mm -hmm. of those things. And then they hug at the train station and then they both go back home and everything is fine. And that's the end of the movie. Everybody's safe. As far as we know. So, okay. As we've been talking about this, I'm more and more convinced that this is a horror movie. It's just, exquisitely subtle in the horror of it because here's what I want to interpret this movie as. I do not know what the director was thinking in terms of what was actually happening here. This may have just been a teenage girl struggling with her identity and this person who cared a lot about her that had a relationship with her over the internet and then everything turned out okay. Yay. Happy movie. Happy movie. But in my brain, this game and every aspect of the game is carefully created so that when this girl's body is found and he is suspected, mm-hmm. he has all this video evidence of him doing all the right things yeah. to try to protect this girl from herself. That he probably shouldn't tell a story about how he met up with her in New York then. Right? <laughs> And I think that's the piece that would have gotten him caught, but he would get away with it because there's no evidence. There's no evidence. I mean, that is definitely a a way to look at it. And did he do something to her or did he just mess with her brain to the point where she did something to herself? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's definitely wide open. And I think it's Gen X cynicism that makes us decide he's a murderer. Well, it might also be all the law and order and true crime that I watch. But, I mean, this, this, yeah, there was something very sinister about him. And I was torn. I mean, this is, again, part of, like, something that was really well done in this movie is that the entire time I was suspicious of JLB. Yeah. From the minute I saw who he was. Like, I thought it was, like, some other person who had been, in, who had done the World's Fair Challenge or whatever. Like yeah. some other teenager. Some and I was like, eh, whatever. And then when I saw that it was this 40-year-old guy, I was like, nope. <laughs> nope. And and they show us him in his house. And like he's doing all the right things. Like when she's threatening to do scary stuff, he goes off into the other room. And he's like on the couch going, oh, what do I do? What do I do? And then he goes back and types, you know, don't do it type messages to her. So like... It shows him, the movie shows us him as a an empathetic figure, mm-hmm. but and, I don't trust it. And he never is, do, there's never anything where like, it could have shown us where he's doing something inappropriate mm-hmm. to one of her videos or, yeah. you know, there could have been even one little thing that was like, that's, that's the thing. There was nothing. And yet yeah. my entire being says that he was evil that he was bad yeah i mean it's a weird thing yeah 
One random thought I had while we were watching was I thought of Bo Burnham <laughs> and how on, in Inside, the lyrics to one of the songs says, you're blanking phones are poisoning your minds <laughs> yeah and also later he's like don't come running to me when you know you have some kind of disassociative disorder or something yeah. like that like that whole song i forget which song it is talks about this exact thing and so that came into my mind yeah but what does it all mean i mean i think i think that's what it means i think i i mean i think it was just a horror movie about the dangers of modern society, right? Especially how driven, how internet driven it is, how social media driven it is, mm-hmm. which I mean is not an uncommon topic, but this movie did it in an uncommon to me way by having it be so slow. And like, usually those things are all like, Flashing lights yeah. and lots of noise and so much interaction that you can't think. This is the exact opposite of that. Yeah, I mean, this felt like the reality of, you know, being a teenager. You stay up late into the night all mm-hmm. by yourself in this dark room, glued to the screen glowing in your face. Mm-hmm. Like, that all makes tons of sense. Mm-hmm. So it did a great job of bringing that feeling mm-hmm. of that isolation and angst. It was done like the lights and the sets and the the just the ways the camera was like how they would have people several times these both of them Casey and JLB both had scenes where they were just watching videos at night in bed and you know they're just like laying sideways on the bed watching so they're watching sideways yeah. which is like it's such a thing, you know, like you don't see that often in, t- in TV or movies, but it's, it's a thing every one of us does. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought that, I thought that the art of this movie was very carefully done, very well done. It wasn't like, I didn't love watching this movie, <laughs> but that's just because that tends to not be the kind of movie that I really like. Then let me ask you a question. Okay. Speaking of art, her symptom, this is as I wrote the symptoms, her symptom one was that her whole body was numb. Symptom two was she was kind of, well, 1B, was that she felt like she was going back to when in her childhood she would sleepwalk. And she's like, that's kind of coming back. And I'm, you know. Mm -hmm. Then symptom three I wrote is either her creating and singing an original pop song or the fact that she bursts into screaming during that pop song. And I don't know which one's the symptom because it seemed very out of character. Right? Like when she was doing the singing of the pop song, I was like, oh, is she going to change into a a social person? Like, (laughs) is she becoming an extrovert? Like, is that what's going to happen? She's going to like force herself to become (laughs) this other more well-adjusted person. Oh, no. <laughs> Becoming well-adjusted. But then there was the screaming in the middle of the song, which, yeah, not so well-adjusted. No, but maybe it was her going, I don't want to be well-adjusted. Right? Like, I... <laughs> oh, my God. My body won't stop being socially normal. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I will say, like, that scene where she was dancing and singing, 
screaming. And then this scene where she tore her stuffed animal apart <laughs> and then came, like she tore it to pieces, went downstairs, and then immediately came back upstairs and was like, oh, what have I done? Yeah, she was freaked out. I couldn't tell if she was supposed to, if she was supposed to be pretending or not pretending. Yeah. And the sense that I got was that there was an element of, I, I have to do this because these are the things, like I have to do the thing that will get the views, that will get the clicks. So it felt like performance. Both of them looked like performance mm -hmm. to me. Cause she kept saying like, she's not in control. She's not in control. And I'm like, okay, she kind of is, but then there's like layered questions then about what it means to be in control of yourself. Because that was an element of being a teenager that I felt often was where I would be doing things, especially saying things. The number of times I, as a teenager, could hear myself, like it was like an out-of-body experience. I'd be like inside my own brain. I would hear words coming out of my mouth when I was like arguing with my parents or something. And there was a, a totally different part of my brain going, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you can't say that. Like that's, this is not helping the situation. Like there was a whole active part of my brain that was appalled as this other part of my brain just did things. That is the uh, life of a teenager. Yes. And so, like, the idea of being in control of yourself as a teenager is, it's kind of laughable because your brain is broken. <laughs> like, I don't know, I don't know the science behind it, but, and I know it's different for everybody. I have seen enough children grow up and go through that phase where they are super easygoing kids, very fun to be around. They hit a stage, they're intolerable for like five years. Yeah. And then, then they're fine again. It's part of how your brain develops. Did you ever have that like two brain feeling? I think so. I mean, I think it's kind of just a matter of you know, your hormones make you lash out. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, why did I do that? That was extreme. So like, it's all your brain doing it, but mm -hmm. it's a different a different source than you're used to. It hasn't run through the logic part. Right, right. Well, and I think too, like, like the thing that always struck me was how it, simultaneous it felt. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like I was making the one decision and then immediately regretting it. Like not, not even then, like simultaneously yeah. regretting the decision that I was making. And I'm sure it wasn't simultaneous. I'm sure it, it just happened been. so quickly that it felt that way. I mean, we got a lot of neurons. <laughs> we could probably do many thoughts at once. Uh, maybe that's it. Maybe teenage brains are like <laughs> superpower brains. They're like working all they got all the all the towers going at once and <laughs> yeah too many lines of code coming at them from too many directions and then we start to prune some of that out we trim it down lobotomize ourselves i mean i think it's probably necessary mm -hmm. <laughs> don't watch this movie it's <laughs> wow. very long it's not very long it's pretty short but it's so slow 
so boring. I found it very interesting. I was, I think the reason I found it interesting is something that makes me mad in quite a few movies I watch. One way to find a movie interesting is that things keep happening that make you wonder ultimately what it's all going to be about. And when that all comes together at the end and all of those threads are tied together in a neat little bow, you're like, that was amazing. But most of the time, you have all those thoughts and they're not connected to anything. It's just a whole bunch of threads on the floor running different directions. Mm-hmm. And this is an example of that. This is absolutely an art film, more so than it's a horror film for sure. And it leaves you with lots of things to think about, which is lovely, but it puts stuff out there and there isn't an ultimate conclusion, solution, something to understand. So that's not what I want to see. But I did enjoy it, again, because it felt like it was going to do that. And of course, then I was let down. Kind of like the open house, but not like <laughs> not, the open not house. Not that bad. <laughs> yeah. So... The number of times we trash on the open house. Like, we mention that movie in every podcast. We should. (laughs) They should feel bad for what they did. Yes, they should. Because they actively hurt us. (laughs) I mean, I I just think most people aren't going to like this. I wouldn't even say I liked it, but I am glad I watched it. Like, it was interesting to me. It held my attention, even though I was also bored. So... It's funny that you're saying all those things, but you're like, don't watch it. No, because I don't think, want anyone else to experience it. I think this. most people would not be happy with that at all. Like, it, it's so far to the direction of boredom and slowness that I think very few people are going to be okay with it. But if you want to watch like an art house kind of thing mm-hmm. that's all about what it's like to be a lonely teenager, then this is definitely it. And it's not badly done, it's very well done. So. Just keep in mind that it's really going to make you feel that lonely teenager isolation and boredom. So that makes it hard to rate, but I will have to come up with a number, which is two button eyes out of five. Yeah. And I want to be clear that I don't think that's an indictment on the skill and artistry at play here. It's just that I don't think it's fun to watch. Yeah. I am also struggling to pick a number for it because well i think this is a very well done film for for the film it's trying to be i think Mm -hmm. i think it knew what it wanted to be and it got there there is not a place i want to (laughs) be yeah (laughs) which is super funny to me that like this movie i was it was so slow it was so so just waiting for someone to have a feeling or a thought. Mm-hmm. And I was so bored. And earlier in the day, we had watched, earlier in the day, we had watched Heart of Stone, which is an action film with Gal Gadot in it. And I was equally as bored with that movie because it was nothing but action scenes. Yeah. Like it was just scene after scene after scene of people beating other people up and things exploding and car chases and motorcycle chases. And I was so bored because there was nothing to think about. Uh huh. So, like, that day I experienced the extremes of movies that I do not enjoy. I will say I enjoyed. We're all going to the World's Fair more because at least at the end of that, I had something to think about. There was a lot to think about. At the end of Heart of Stone, I was just like, well, that's done. Good. (laughs) (laughs) 
But this did give me a lot of thoughts. It did an amazing job of bringing me back to what it felt like to be a teenager, a teenage girl growing up in the Midwest. And I truly do think that if JLB did something to Casey and that's why she's missing, which we don't even know. We don't even know if she's missing. Yeah. He told us she was missing, but that was because she told him to not, never contact her again. So I don't know. Yeah. If she went missing, if he had something to do with it, if this whole movie was him setting up this girl and then doing whatever he did, and then now he has all of this evidence that he was the good guy all along, like that is so like delightfully convoluted. <laughs> I love that. So I'm going to score it as if that was what this movie is supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. It could be that I am just making that up. I'm going to give four button eyes out of five. Wow, okay. Because if that's the movie, it was so subtle and so like just for them to give no overt evidence and still have me get to the end of that movie 100% certain that he was a bad guy who did something terrible to her based on nothing but their performances and the way it was written, like the way they interacted with each other. That's something special. I would say that's the best writing that we've experienced in a very long time then. Ooh. Because there are Even better than Heart of Stone? <laughs> There aren't any other movies I can think of that manage to put my brain in one space, even though they've only given me evidence for a complete, the completely opposite space. Like, this movie was gaslighting me. Yeah. Or wasn't. Or wasn't. <laughs> I don't know. And that's the thing that makes it interesting, I guess. So, yeah, I'm going to give it four out of five. I do want to agree with you that it was super slow and that anyone who doesn't like those like super slow internal art things is not going to enjoy this movie. It's a thinker. But you know what? I didn't really enjoy it either, but I'm glad I watched it. So maybe I was too. I'm going to disagree with you on your first statement and say, I think people should watch this just so they have experienced it. Okay. And then they should tell me whether they think I'm making up the whole he's a bad guy thing or not. I want to add another possible angle, which is when they have their little talk about this is just a game and she's mad at him. She's mad because of course it's just a game. I'm trying to get followers for my TikTok account. Come on. And that puts it all into this real world space, which doesn't really change whether he kills her or not. But th but then that's interesting. If mm -hmm. What if he's a totally good guy and he's praying for her and really hoping she makes it through? And she's like, come on, dude. I'm just... Trying to make my TikTok work. I'm totally a happy person. I'm fine. I mean, that could be too, but I didn't see no, there's anything no about her. There was not one thing about her that made me think she was a happy person. No, she was not. No. Oh, all right. Well, I'm glad we, we almost didn't review this movie because we were like, this movie is not a horror movie. Yeah. But I'm glad Kinda. we did because I, I, in my world, this is a horror movie. It's just a very subtle horror movie. Mm -hmm. Okay. And honestly, being a teenager is pretty horrific. Yes, that's so. for sure. We're going to see something a lot less subtle next week. Okay. But still horrific. Let's hope. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye, everybody.
That was a loud clap. That was a loud clap. 